Welcome to Let the Sparks Fly. I'm Candace Cinnamon Herndon, Principal Facilitator at Cinnamon Sparks. Cinnamon Sparks is a facilitation services company, and I help my clients and their teams explore everything from strategic planning to marketing projects to target consumer insights, all with the intention of helping them reach their goals. As a facilitator, it is both my job and my joy to bring the creative or structural process tools like icebreakers or energizers, facilitation techniques, business experience, humor, art, music, you're getting it, whatever it takes to create an environment that really does set the stage to help people get away from business as usual and let the sparks fly. And my job is to shake it up just enough to help people see opportunities or obstacles in a new way. I am forever on the hunt for inspiration in whatever form it might take that will create that kind of a spark for a small business owner or nonprofit organization to help them serve their communities more effectively. Let the Sparks Fly as a podcast is a place for me to share the connections I make when I'm on the hunt for inspiration and hopefully present it to you in a way that might create a spark. So let's get on to today's episode. Party people, we are gonna be talking video. I've been around long enough to remember when video marketing used to be reserved for the biggest brands and the biggest local advertisers, primarily on one platform that communicated in it like this one-way conversation kind of vibe. Hello, brand to consumer. Here's what you need to know in 30 seconds or less. Most of the time, the same video content was communicated over and over and over again. Then along came the internet, smartphones, and access to video for everyone, for businesses and organizations of all shapes and sizes. So here are some interesting stats. 87% of marketers say that video increased traffic to their website. 60% say video directly increased sales. 95% say that they plan to increase their video spend over the next year. So what does that mean to small businesses? Well, just like big brands, small businesses need a reliable and affordable way to showcase their brand through video. Why? Because consumers are going to continue to use it as they're part of their journey as a customer. Even with the emergence of audio platforms like Clubhouse, and here we are in a podcast, which is also an audio platform, video is not yet saturated. In fact, it is a great way to display a product, and it works equally well to display a widget that you unbox as it does for an app or software or even for a service-based business. 84% of marketers say video is effective for lead generation, and Lord knows we all need that. And 94% say video increases understanding of a product or service. Okay, all that about video, which brings me to today's guest, my friend and creative tech and make it happen guru, Mr. Christian Rumscheidt. Christian, owns a design firm called Rumscheidt Incorporated. They specialize 
in making the ideas that clients have into a usable thing that lives outside the client's mind and puts it into the real world in a way that's functional. A self-described technologist, Christian is able to apply client strategy to design and relevant technology, which results in building a brand by meeting his clients where their brand stands today. So with no further ado, I want to, and I want to let, let you hear Christian's voice and have him Hi, tell us. Hi, Christian. How are you doing? <laughs> What's I'm up? good. How are you? I Thank am... you for letting me be on your podcast. This is so cool. Well, I am super excited to have you. And I know that the wisdom that you'll share will really help both small business operations and nonprofits uh, improve their efforts in video and understand it better too. So Tell us your story, Christian. How did Rumshite come into existence? Well, it started in high school, actually, when I was doing uh, websites on the side for cash. It was way better than uh, babysitting money and, you know, taking care of dogs and stuff like that. And then uh, when it came time to figure out what I was going to do the rest of my life, I said, well, I really don't want to give this up. I love design and I love business and I love the combination of the two. And so... I basically started Rumshite, which was my name because that made the most sense. And um, I started it to bridge those worlds together and I guess just follow the waves from one project to the next. And along the way, uh, I ended up with a legitimate <laughs> business because I found this need that people, they, they, they love design, they love technology, but they don't necessarily know how to apply it or how to uh, make it work. Our clients are mostly people who don't have a marketing department or they maybe have somebody and they're totally overwhelmed or they have a couple of people and they want to go in a different direction. They want to, they want a catalyst to come in and move things around. And so, um, yeah, but uh, one of the big things, which I think we should definitely mention today was that, you know, in 2020, there was an explosion of video and we had to pivot into it. Uh, just as well as everybody else. So mm -hmm. I hope that we bring that up. That's a huge change in the whole industry. Well, that's that part of the research that I was quoting uh, came from both before and after 2020. And what's interesting about video is the, the exponential increase from say 2017 to applied video and its effectiveness really did explode in 2020. And I also think it's yeah. a cultural shift that when I look at young people, when I look at things that that my son, who's 20, is really paying attention to, he's, he's looking at video a lot more than he is anything else. And so um, it's definitely, it's, it's not necessarily an emerging technology, but the, the way it's being used and it's, um, what am I trying to say? It's uh, pervasiveness in the culture is increasing. Yeah. And, you know, people, it's, it's sort of, especially with the pandemic, mm -hmm. explainer videos and being able to display something so that someone can show room from their living room, for example, is, is a really important part of it. So that's very true. Well, let me show you this tidbit in 2018, we kind of saw the writing on the wall in terms of for my business that mm -hmm. uh, a lot of clients were going to be looking to 
communicate in a more visual way uh, where they can explain or show things, you know, without having to rely on somebody else like an influencer or whatnot to, Mm -hmm. you know, add their mark, cut out the middleman, if you will. But then, and so in 2019, we did a lot of investing in that space. And in 2020, I can tell you that it was phenomenal how many people who I did not expect, who in 2019 would not have called us and said, hey, Christian, it's time to do a video. In 2020, they came around and said, we have to do this. And last right. year, we made over we made over 350-something less than 10-minute videos last year. Wow. It was nearly one a day for the entire year. And these were videos that were, they were um, recorded messages. They were announcements. They were, let me show you something. They were, hey, the plans are changing. They were all these videos, but they were all less than 10 minutes. And they were everywhere. People wanted to communicate in that medium by default, like all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, the, for that period of time, they couldn't be present in person. Right. And they so, just had to fill this need. But along the way, I feel like a lot of small businesses fell in love with it as well, because yeah. they found out that it was approachable. It was doable. They don't have to look like, you know, Kim Kardashian to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and they could talk about things that were even, you know, niche or service oriented things they could talk about those things because if you can talk about it in real life you can talk about it on a video right sure absolutely yeah absolutely so so you mentioned a video a day keeps the doctor away for christian and his company in the last in the last year certainly felt like it yeah yeah so what are some of the ways that you used video that really helped your client either solve a problem or stand out? Two really good examples. One, it was in the middle of 2020. There was a client who um, wanted to launch a new service because their legacy service was, um, you know, sort of on hiatus because everybody was in lockdown. And so there was a highly conceptual service that um, would really require some explaining. It might even require some trust beforehand. And so a great way to establish that trust and authenticity was via video. I mean, even if we had this person read the Q&A on the website, it still would have provided this element of trust of somebody putting their face to that concept. They weren't hiding behind their brand. They were the brand. And that's incredibly powerful. Another good example is we were uh, actually doing podcast production for another company. And we just decided we were going to turn the cameras on at the same time. And we were able to capture a whole bunch of snippets of their employees talking about what they did. Again, highly conceptual service related things that would be difficult to market even, you know, by other traditional ways. Mm -hmm. Um, Now we have a whole bunch of sound bites from that. The, The person viewing the video doesn't care that they came from a podcast or another project, but if it's polished, if they look good, if they sound intelligent and they're talking about what they need to talk about, that is a home run. It doesn't matter if it was filmed on an iPhone or a fancy camera in a TV studio in your office. I mean, getting your face, your brand, your voice out there uh, is hugely important. And video is like a slam dunk on all of those Mm -hmm. criteria. One of the things I was reading about in the research that I was looking at 
was the value of explainer videos of teaching people how to use a product or a service. But oh my gosh, I, I don't know about you, but it feels like colleges, like the next big threat for them is mm -hmm. YouTube. I mean, yeah. you could go, you feel like you have to have this, you know, degree to go work on a car or something like that. But really, if you had an issue with your Ford in the driveway and it was, you know, you need to do an oil change or something and you've never, never done it before, guess where like the first place you're going to go is? Oh, yeah. It's YouTube. Just, yeah, exactly. Even I'm not mechanically inclined and I go there and figure out how the you know, how to do something and you're right, instructional videos. For me, sometimes it's as simple as setting the wall timer, but we won't go there right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, and, 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 and people have uh, done a great job of, you know, making sure that titles have uh, and descriptions have the right information. And so right. you can post, you can post something about how to, um, you know, fix a uh, KitchenAid oven and put it online and you'd be surprised how many other KitchenAid ovens there are out there and how many other people are having the same problem and like you've you've now contributed to this giant source of um of information so but that's on the youtube and the the personal side on the business side i would say that training videos are hugely mm -hmm. important and no longer do you have to be a major company to train people on how to use tools and processes and workflows anymore. You can create those, you can do them in-house, you can add polish by hiring somebody, or you can grab your phone and say, hey, if this is your job, uh, start here and then do this and then do this and then do this. And that saves so much time because you are allowing someone to pick that up on demand. That is right. another big part of this is that it takes time to consume media, but gosh, doesn't it take even more time to put the right people in the right room? Yes. Well, and also I think that um, one of the things that I know that we both share this belief that the delivery of the valuable point of difference, the promise that you're making to a customer consistently, flawlessly, every time, you know, under promise and over deliver the that is so important and for the clients that I work with in small business they're busy working the work in the front of the store they're busy running the business itself doing the books they're you know they're doing everything and to be able to have a training video that is on demand that will remind someone here's how you do it and here's how you do it right um, that's incredibly helpful. So that's that's a really good point that it isn't just customer facing. It, it is also important for your internal team. So yeah. we just touched on branding a little bit and you know the messaging in anything that you put out needs to build the brand of the business. If you know from the ground up, there's a reason that you decided to go into business in the first place. You're going to provide value to a customer or groups right. of customers and building on that is so important. Can you talk a little bit about how you help your clients stay consistent on that, on mm -hmm. their valuable point of difference? Sure. I think it really comes down to the 
basic principles around their brand. And these are things mm -hmm. that might've been discussed when they made their logo or when they put together their business plan, or even a, as recent as a meeting where they've decided to make some changes. Like what are those high concept um, words that you want associated with your brand? Sometimes it's a niche provider. Sometimes it's authentic. Sometimes it's available. Sometimes it's fast. You know, sometimes it's uh, highly customized, sometimes it's, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So you take into account what the business does, you take into account what words should be associated. And then I think from there, what you want to do is focus on the customer and focus on what they need. What mm -hmm. do they need to make the experience better or faster or improve it, et cetera. And then look for opportunities to inject video. Okay. Right. Maybe it's, maybe it's your, a country club. Okay. And it's time for renewal. You may send a, an email or a call and say, Hey, it's time for renewal. Let's get you back in. But this is an awesome opportunity to remind them that they are a part of a community that they might not be taking advantage of, that there mm -hmm. have been improvements, that people are there to help you, et cetera. This is a fantastic opportunity to incorporate a video. And you could have it as a stock video where it's, hey, you know, it's 2021, check out all these new things that we have going on. But it also could be a highly, highly custom opportunity where you as the salesperson turn on the camera, <laughs> look at your camera as if you're looking at the person who needs to renew dead in the eye and say, Candace, I haven't seen you. We miss you. We redid the whole women's locker room for you. <laughs> We Come need you down, to renew. <laughs> we need you to renew because like we did all this for you. Like when you have that kind of appeal, when you have a person doing that, you know, it 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 almost takes away all of the bad parts of cold calling mm -hmm. and it replaces them with all of the good parts of selling to one of your friends. Right. Right. And that's um, that's crazy. That's awesome. So so you mentioned words when it comes to building on a brand mm -hmm. and video, uh, it occurs to me that video encompasses all the senses. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you have that minus, minus smell, video, unless the script's really bad, you, you, <laughs> you ignore smell. Yeah. Well, the, um, where I was going with that was that how do you, how do you, use that when you're when you're storyboarding or building a video how do you if it if part of the valuable point of difference for example is fast how do you make that apparent in a video mm. well i guess it would depend on the nature of the video right uh -huh. and so if if the video is a part of the workflow as in we're going to tell the customer what's next uh -huh. Then my suggestion would be you keep it upbeat. You make sure that um, the colors or the surroundings are consistent with the experience that they're about to have. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you are sending out a video to try to prep somebody, let's say you're an auto repair shop and you're sending out a video to prepare somebody to bring in their car. And like, mm -hmm. maybe there's a lot of steps beforehand, but gosh, you would really love them to digitize and, and complete those steps beforehand than sending a video that shows them exactly the forms and doing that from inside the shop. 
where right. when they show up, they are going to recognize the place, right? They're right. going to go, oh my gosh, I saw this in the video. I know exactly where to drive. That is the kind of thing that A, adds practicality, right? Mm -hmm. But B, um, gives you the chance to, uh, let's see, set the expectation of the kind of experience they're going to have in keeping mm -hmm. to the brand. And it also, um, it makes sure that they consider this experience uh, to be a positive one beforehand. Mm -hmm. Things okay. like tone of the music or the beats, et cetera, that may add that uh, speed and that happiness and that, oh my gosh, this is going to be easier than I thought it was going to be, mm -hmm. which is probably already a part of the brand, but, um, but you get a chance to reinforce it. Okay. I mean, a, a brand is really the promise of the service that you're going to deliver. So really in considering video, if you focus on the service and the experience, I think the brand's truly going to be represented. So there are, I mean, you, like I said, you are a self-described technologist and are always trying it, looking at it, looking for it. So what are some of the emerging platforms and tools that you've seen that would be really relevant to a small business or to a nonprofit marketing person to help them really communicate the value of what they have to offer? It depends on the use case of the video itself. I would say that if you're going for external marketing promotions, uh, definitely YouTube is uh, an underutilized asset. Uh -huh. um, YouTube is even a great, if you have the tags correct in the description and the title, um, it's a fantastic way to sort of uh, hijack the search results for a particular topic because okay. Google favors videos over the regular links. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to show up uh, above. Of course, that's a YouTube's a big revenue driver for Google. So they're, you know, they've got multiple fingers in that pot, <laughs> but that's very useful for, um, for people. I, I love watching TikToks, Candace. I don't know about you. If your brand is whimsical or youthful <laughs> or anything that describes that, I think that making fun of yourself on TikTok is a fantastic way to build brand awareness. Um, I would encourage your listeners to go and find Ryan Air on TikTok. Ryan Air is um, a major airline that doesn't service the United States uh -huh. and a, a, uh, a post. Uh, so TikTok is you, you have a whole bunch of audios and maybe they're user generated, maybe they're song related. And then people sort of make their own renditions of trends <laughs> and such like that. And so there's there's uh, one where it's like, where, how far would you go to get the girl of your dreams? And then it shows the Ryan airplane and he's like, oh, I'd go anywhere. I'd go anywhere. Well, OK, how about the United States? Oh, F, no, I would not go there. <laughs> and, and this was this was Ryan Air corporate making this video. And, 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 and I think that younger generations, I mean, even myself, I, I love when the big boys are right alongside us making funny right. stuff. I mean, there right. is just a buzz. There's a buzz around that. That's fantastic. So obviously TikTok, it's an emerging video platform. You can't ignore mm -hmm. it, you know, including videos on uh, Instagram, especially for the stories, I think is fantastic stories appear at the top versus inline posts. And so mm -hmm. they're a little bit more, you have to be here at the right time to see them. And then of course there are some secret tools 
for, let's say you're doing things for internal reasons, there are some secret tools like Vidyard. And mm -hmm. Vidyard is really cool. I've actually tried to get you on Vidyard before, Candice. <laughs> and it's a way where you can uh, you know, record sales videos from your browser or desktop or phone. You don't actually need video editing capabilities or expertise, and you can send them directly to your clients. Remember my uh, country club example? Yeah, this would be a way to do that specifically. And they do a great way of organizing them, creating uh, custom share pages, you know, uh, letting you really increase the volume of the videos that you produce, mm -hmm. but still keeping them within your brand, including a logo and things like that. But uh, Vidyard's really cool because you can actually have a button at the bottom to book meetings or give them a call to action afterwards. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. So a lot of a lot of video you have to consider placement because that uh, is sometimes the only way to drive activation. Mm -hmm. uh, if a video is in an email, it's easy. You can add a link below. But if they find it on YouTube, you know your link has to be in the description, and you have to really hope that somebody goes to the next step. Right. Right. So something to something to consider is what are we going to do with it after they've watched it? And I think Vidyard helps that. Uh, question get answered so that you can start to use it as a legitimate sales tool so there's yeah. there's three i love it also Thank put you. more videos in your powerpoints for crying out loud <laughs> yeah and how long do you recommend that those are like a video inside of a powerpoint is there a link well, you got to remember that in a powerpoint uh one of the most exciting parts of a powerpoint is when the slide changes yeah so so and that's like two seconds yeah so so if you have a 10 second 30 second video uh and it's you know in spirit and polished and looks good i think you're going to keep their attention ah okay but if you throw me in a 15 minute video about how to put on your seatbelt, you know for safety i'm i'm done i'm already on my phone I'm looking out. at other people's videos <laughs> and laughing heartily and laughing heartily exactly yeah what about so in video for your clients, typically do you include script and subtitles and stuff? Because a lot of people, there's so much video content that sometimes you you watch it without the sound on. Right. Well, look, a lot of these platforms that host videos, they're doing a great job of transcribing it automatically. And ah, you better great. believe every single video on YouTube is completely being screened and transcoded for search purposes. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever done this, but if you search for a video on how to do something like a, a great example is Photoshop is an amazing tool. There's like five ways to do everything. So I'm always on the hunt for how do I do something better. And so if I search, you know, how to cut out very shaggy dog, which might be difficult, not only would I get a video as one of the first search results, but it'll literally say, if you start this video at a minute, 30 seconds, he seems or she seems to get to the point. So the only way to enable that kind of technology is by transcoding it. So right. believe you me, they are working on it. However, I would also say that um, I've seen a lot of uh, videos that are very um, accessible. Accessibility is a, a key part of making sure that the broadest based audience can watch your videos. And a great example of that is in uh, the UK House of Commons, they will release a video where you get to watch prime minister's questions and then the video afterwards is literally a person 
signing what is being said next to the video itself. So they've oh. released two versions of this video. Right. I think that I think that since they don't charge you per video that you upload. The whole like, I have to preserve my film and my camera mentality is finally going away. And so um, because you can upload as many and as long as you'd like, don't be afraid to make different versions for different audiences so that you can include everybody. Right. Or include, at least include the most important segments to you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you don't trust the transcription that's auto-generated from YouTube or Vimeo or any of these other platforms that are doing that, then there is absolutely nothing wrong with including your own transcriptions. There are services that will um, speed that up. There are also plugins to some um, video editing platforms that will speed that up. And then, you know, keeping it very visual, uh, turning the camera on yourself to just talk for the entire length of the video is probably not the way to do it. Matter of fact, I would advise clients that if you are caught in a situation where you have to film one thing for a long time, like for instance, a, a presentation someone's giving or something like that, you need to include another camera and you need to include the slides. And right. I feel like those add visual context and add more information than just the audio itself, which someone might not be able to be in a position to hear. Right. Um, so show, show what you're talking about. And that really goes a long way. When you put together a storyboard or a script for a client video, what's your process for doing that, for coming up with it? Is it like really high concept at first? And so tell me about if you say, gee whiz, I really do think that whatever this message is should be, it's right for video. How do you, how do you get the client there? What's your process? That's interesting. That? I think that uh, clients rely on us to bring a level of service where we consider those details. So I have to give it to you from a perspective of like what goes on in my head. Is that right. all right? Yeah. Okay, so when I'm, when I'm seeing that, I'm thinking, how do we stay true to the brand? Mm -hmm. uh, this is an opportunity to show people things. What else should we show them? And mm -hmm. that could include the service or the product itself. That could include someone using or it being on someone's desk, like showing the lifestyle of someone mm -hmm. who may use the service or product. Uh, I, as I mentioned earlier, being in the office, uh, you know, these are the kind of things that I, you know, have top of mind. And then I think the spirit of the video, is it quick? Is it informational? Um, is it long? Is it short? Uh, you know, what kind of music? How many beats per minute? The average person talks about 135 to 140 beats per minute. Mm -hmm. So if you are looking for concentration, uh, slower music would actually mm -hmm. make what's being said pop out. Um, but if you needed to move fast, something that keeps up to pace, uh, you know, is also very helpful. So these kind of considerations come together. And then those are sort of the building blocks of what the project looks like. Cool. So you've talked about some tools that uh, make it easier for clients to be able to have video and to, and put them on the right platform. It reminds me of the time that I was launching a service and needed to kind of have some fun with it and figure out a way to tease it. And you recommended iMovie on the iPhone. And you know, my first language is not technology. Everyone knows that. <laughs> but oh. I went back to my little laboratory 
and pulled some photos from my phone and got this really vibey kind of 1960s dun 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 kind of spy movie thing that they had already put it together and there were like okay you need a you need 15 this is going to last for 15 seconds and you need four words here for the copy and i could do it and i made one i it was the most amazing thing so i think for and it didn't take me a month and a half and there wasn't you're gonna you know, have to put you're gonna have to put this video in the like a link to it in the show notes of the podcast okay i'll do it good <laughs> i want i wanted to get more views because it was that good but um so anyway it's i think i know for me as a small business owner i look at i can there's so much that i am doing to keep the business going and serving customers and trying to figure out marketing and all of that. And I have help. And sometimes doing something like that feels so daunting. And what it wound up being for me was not daunting at all. It was joyous and fun. And, you know, I patted myself on the head and told myself I was pretty because, wow, I could do it. <laughs> I have a good yeah, friend should, by the name of Christian that gives me a lot of confidence. But <laughs> I think I give you a lot of crap, not confidence. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. You're totally onto it, which is there is a time and a place to really put the investment in bringing in a professional. And, mm -hmm. and by professional, I don't mean someone who you know knows how to operate the camera, but maybe somebody who has access to the items that you would need that might cost you know, tens of thousands of dollars to put together and you right. can basically rent them to upscale a video. But then there are some videos that need that their value is that they are relevant and quick. Yeah. And, and for I that think, segment, there are a lot of tools. I mean, even on your cell phone that can get that job done. Yeah. Well, and I also think that you mentioned really digging it when the big boys, you know, laugh at themselves and do mm -hmm. TikTok, and and i think that there's a level of authenticity in allowing yourself to make a mistake to yeah. to to crack up when you're like wow i can't believe i did that i think it makes your customers and the people who might become your customers appreciate the authenticity of your approach and i know how valuable that is in serving yeah. small businesses because we are all you know working hard to make it all happen and right. uh to understand that and to um acknowledge that i think is a really uh freeing and powerful thing for for the small business community because we're all in the same soup it's just a different flavor so. Right now, uh, and this actually happened last night, um, are you an HBO Max customer? Yes. Well, apparently last night, and I received it, uh, HBO Max, they had an intern behind the scenes who was working on an integration test of two platforms and accidentally sent out, this is a successful integration test email. It's just one line of text. This was a successful integration test. Uh, to basically a live list of emails. And it went to, I can, what I can assume is hundreds of thousands of people. 
And so of course it started uh, trending on Twitter in HBO integration test. And so everybody was like, oh, good job. You did the integration test, it's working. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and wow. uh, so anyway, a lot of jokes were coming out of it. Well, HBO Max tweeted uh, today that it confirming that it was an intern and they're gonna be okay. Dear intern started trending on Twitter and everybody was putting their mistakes and their flubs and their <laughs> their things that have happened at work that were highly embarrassing in there right. to to try to share their story and make this intern feel better. And what a fantastic opportunity for HBO Max, who has just been awarded the marketing deal of 2021 to produce a video introducing <laughs> the intern awesome about their internship program talking about fostering innovative people who will make mistakes but are actively trying to make their service better i mean this was the opportunity of a lifetime for them to put their humility and their but but mixed with uh a progress right and right. and a, an opportunity to reiterate their brand this was the perfect mm -hmm. opportunity for them to get that going so i hope that they have a camera running somewhere because when you capture someone's attention if you can get a video out quick you'll yeah. be amazed how fast it moves yeah well and it's so that's so incredibly cool i mean probably in my opinion the biggest barrier to innovation is fear of a mistake or judgment. Mm -hmm. And so to give people permission to, mm -hmm. you know, hey, you were doing your job, you were doing your best. And uh, a lot of people learned that we were doing an integration test. So there, it's all okay. <laughs> and, it, anyway. and it worked. The integration test was successful. Yeah, it was. And that's the precious <laughs> part. Oh, yeah. We're okay here over at HBO. We're, it all, it all, nothing blew up. We're good. That's so it is, What is the most, when you're working on a project, what is the most satisfying part of the project? When the client makes a discovery that they find something new in their business that may have been there all along and and they realize that it can be done you know because because ideas on a list mean nothing unless they are actually activated in the real world and to help a client be able to um, choose things that are truly important to their goal and then create an action plan to actually do them and find the right resources and the right people and, and to continue to revisit it, to, to keep going back to it and being okay that, oh, I said I was gonna get this done by February. Hello, it's June, not done yet. Yes, and we can still put it on a timeline and keep coming back to it and refining it until it actually goes to market. And when it goes out into the real world, there is nothing like that. I mean, to watch, the, to see the client's face when suddenly 
something that was on the back of their burner, on the in the back of their heads, been incubating forever. And suddenly it's in a customer's hands. It's like, oh, wow, <laughs> how did that happen? And that is heaven to me. I just love it. Well, I just did something sneaky. And that was, I just asked you and you responded in like one of the most authentic ways possible. I, I know from what I know about you and what I know about your business, that everything you said was absolutely true. And we're filming this using Zoom. Mm -hmm. We have a recording of this video. <laughs> no, you are sneaky. You could absolutely cut that section out of this in two seconds, add a title slide, and have this on your LinkedIn page uh, before dinner time. <laughs> and you have done, and the, you, you will have done your brand a service because you will have communicated the passion behind what you do. And that I think is the, the power of a video. It's human talking to human about legitimate things. And we crave that. Yeah, There's a reason why I did 300 plus videos last <laughs> year. It's because everybody wanted to see everybody. Yeah, that's and right. And it gives you a chance to really kind of flout your stuff. Like, for example, Apple, they did all of their presentations via pre-recorded video last year. And you better believe they brought a level of polish that I've never seen from a company before. But that's their brand. They bring the polish. Right. So it was a chance for them to take a victory lap because it's like, oh man, this is so much easier than the, you know, the on-stage demos. Right. You better believe every demo they do is going to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No kidding. So, so, so there, and, and, and I think another thing that you mentioned is, is that, um, you know, when, when you were talking about your favorite part is that, you know, the results of your client understanding that this was possible or that they've accomplished it or that they're really close to accomplishing something um, comes from your work being completed. And wouldn't it be great if, uh, you know, when you were busy communicating or when you were trying to get someone's attention, I mean, the same sense of completion comes in developing video content. Yeah, that's I poured true. my heart and soul into this project. I have <laughs> just pushed export. It's uploaded. I want everybody to go and watch this. And I stand behind it with the feeling of, with the, the dopamine and the, and the, and all of that craziness. Like you just sprinted a mile and people can watch the results of your hard work. If you develop video content, you will enjoy that. That's great. So we just hijacked video in a podcast. <laughs> I think this is a first. And only on this podcast. And it's you, sparky. You, it's very sparky. Okay, so speaking of, uh, I'm going to go through some sparks from what you talked about today, or what we talked about today. And you were just a, a second. <laughs> That's nice. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and then I would love for you to add on build on on what I've come up with here should I have because it's entirely possible that I might have missed something if you missed something I will interrupt you immediately perfect I love it when that happens great <laughs> okay 
So it's a tr tradition in Let the Sparks Fly for me to ask, so what are the sparks here? If you're thinking of using video, here are some things to really keep in mind as you begin. First of all, begin with the end in mind. Start with a strong statement about your brand. What is it that you want your customer to remember about your brand? Guess what, party people? That implies that you have to know your customer. Whatever you want a customer to remember needs to be meaningful to them. The images and the language that you use should sound like you're having a little chitty chitty chat chat with that human being. Know what you want your video to accomplish. Are you demonstrating a product? Are you teaching a consumer how to use it? Are you showing its practical value to them? Are you showing its emotional value to them? Know what you want your video to actually do. Measure results. Include a call to action. You did all this work, now get them to do something. And share your expertise, most importantly, in an authentic way. You built your business, product, service, or whatever it is for a reason. And nobody knows it better than you. So share your why along with how to use the product or service that you've created and why it's a benefit to your customer. What did I leave out? Nothing. I'm like really excited. I want to go make a video. Okay. Well, you already did. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Of stealth, but you did. <laughs> you know, uh, um, just to, to share something personal, um, real quick before we leave, um, my grandfather, so this is this would have been in the 90s, mm -hmm. uh, bought a camcorder, okay? And I love watching video from the 90s because no one knows what to do, okay? Everybody waves at the camera like it's a photo being taken. Yeah. Everybody says hi to the camera. No one does that nowadays. Like there is just this cultural shift that was moving because this new technology was affordable. And so I don't know why, but he put a camera on the table at dinner one night oh, and he just wow. let it roll. So here's a random dinner in like 1990 and my grandmother and grandfather, father and dad are there. And just by him putting it on there, I never would have heard about this dinner ever again. Oh. It never would have come up in history. You yeah. wouldn't have known the dynamics. You wouldn't have known anything, but because he put it on the table and recorded it, here way back now the time's gone by Aww. you know i get to see it in a way yeah. that i wouldn't have because i didn't exist at the time right. so if that kind of um you know power comes from video when we're just like turning it on yeah. oh my gosh imagine if we know what we're doing it's <laughs> <laughs> crazy i'm telling you it's crazy and it's historic and it's going to give historians, oh my God, this amazing view at every facet of life. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the business aspects, but the social aspects and the, oh my gosh, I just got a 2021, uh, you know, Mercedes E-Class. Talk about an ancient car. How do I fix anything? Well, those, right. those videos are out there right now. Yeah. Wow. So, really cool.
I really, really uh, think that people should um, should pick this up. Lots more, lots, lots of room for growth and new lots application. Yep. Thank you so much for joining. Thank me you. Today. You have such a passion for helping people build their brand and, and do so with such joy and authenticity and, and you share your familiarity with technology in a way that I so appreciate. So thank you for doing that for the podcast audience and for helping me as a, as a friend and a client all the time. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for, you know, getting people organized and straight and out of their heads and, you know, accomplishing things. Talk about a dynamic duo. We, uh, we would not have near as much fun on some of our projects if Cinnamon Sparks wasn't involved. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so I want to acknowledge and thank Christian, Christian Rumscheid at Rumscheid Inc. He can be found at Christian at Rumscheid.com. And then we found some really pretty cool uh, research and stuff um, through HubSpot and particularly through Wise Owl. Um, and those are listed in the, um, in the podcast notes. So if you're interested in learning more, there'll be all sorts of links for you to be able to click. Now, to learn more about how a skilled facilitator, I never do this part very well because it's so canned. Uncan it. All right. In case you were wondering how a skilled facilitator could help you explore the value of your brand or get to know your target consumer even better, and then engage your team in generating ideas and identify specific projects to build a plan to make those things happen, please email me at candace at cinnamonsparks.com or you could visit my website, you guessed it, cinnamonsparks.com. I feel Thank like I can you. already hear the music. I can already <laughs> hear the music. It's da-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Okay, that's it. Okay, goodbye. That was fun. Did you have fun? That was fun. I did have fun. Mm -hmm.